Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. Here comes 2021. Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Spanners Ready, and may I wish you a very, very happy new year. And I mean that in the realest sense. I know we've had a difficult 2020, but I am bullishly optimistic about 2021. I feel like glory awaits. I'm gonna go get it. I want you to come get it with me. And I want Matt to join into that glory as well. Hello to Matt Durumpets. Happy New Year. Yeah, I am delighted to be here. Happy New Year to you. And I am all about the glory. And so I know that you listened to the tech time that I made, right? Ah, the tech time that gave me a Sunday off. Yes, um, I had a, a week off from doing Missed Apex live streams. I gathered the family around the TV to watch you and Matthew Summerfield talk about airflow. Um, can I just say, having watched that show in detail, my favorite bit was the 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 tire chat, of course. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, we barely actually talked about tires. Yeah, Not but I... to disappoint those who haven't gone heard yet, but you know what? I'm surprised you didn't mention my favorite statistic about driver battles. Okay, go on, tell me. Which is which two driver pairings were almost identically matched in qualifying times, average over the whole season. Okay, that's interesting. I will go for um, McLaren and... No, there was a big gap at Alfa Chori, so McLaren and Renault? You are 100% correct, my friend. They were average about a tenth apart over the whole season. Well, that's really good. Well, we are going to start the off-season, which is always a little bit like a night shift. Uh, Those of you who enjoy having the off-season with us, um, you are more than welcome to settle in and enjoy a winter of chat. We are going to keep the shows down to a strict hour. Uh, We're actually going to do that. Uh, We're going to have a couple of live streams to start off this Sunday and next Sunday. Then we're going to settle down into a routine of of swapping between live streams and pre-recorded shows. We will be posting all of that on our social media. Uh, so keep in touch with at Missed Apex F1. Follow me at Spanners Ready and Matt at MattPT55. 
to find out when we're going live. Of course, me and Matt will be back with Remain Indoors as well. And we'll also be uh, coming back with Spanners 90s Radio. There's an iRacing podcast launching from the Mist Apex stable as well. So lots to keep you entertained during the off-season. We are an independent podcast produced in the podcasting shed with the kind permission of our better halves. We aim to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong, but we're first. We're also joined by Mist Apex's prodigal son in 2020. It's Chris Stevens. Hey, Chris. Hey, Spanners. Happy New Year. You were really involved in 2019. And then come 2020, you're like, oh, no, I've got a job in motorsport PR. I've got to prioritize that because I need money for food and stuff. And when you came back for your first review, your first race review at Abu Dhabi, we killed a fatted calf for your return and welcomed you back as if nothing had happened. Yeah, after the numerous rumours that I had been fired from Mr. Apex podcast, because that is definitely something that happens here. I didn't do anything to dampen those down. Whenever when people said, <laughs> has Chris been like, let go of Mr. Apex? I'm like, yeah, I hate him. I hope he dies now. Um, I'm very much looking forward to, to contributing a little bit more in 2021, hopefully. And I'm actually really looking forward to going back to work tomorrow, weirdly. Like two weeks off with, with no motorsport work to do is it's, it's too long. No, that's weird. I'm going to move on to our next guest, which is a Danish TV radio broadcasting guy, Christian Pedersen, not called Kevin, definitely not called Kevin. No, this is true. My name is Christian. Uh, I just double checked. And in fact, it's Christian. So because I accidentally called you um, Kevin Pedersen because of Kevin Magnuson, the the Slack group has not let me forget it. And then you joined our Slack group and you actually put your name <laughs> down as Kevin Pedersen. And I was just, it's just going to kill me all for the rest of the season. Had to do it. So are you even into F1 anymore, given that Magnussen's no longer involved? Yes. Well, I could say no, but uh, I'm not really into Formula One because of uh, Kevin Magnussen or any of the Danish drivers. I'm into the whole spectacle. I'm I'm into the the overall story of Formula One. I'm not into specific teams or drivers or anything. I like it when I'm impressed, and uh, I even like it when I'm on unimpressed if you could say so and right now it's uh we're in the same just now it feels like formula one just ended 2020 just these days you get this feeling of well there's no racing on tv and in we're in the same month as the first 2021 cast will be revealed so i think it's going to be a great season this because everything would just wait wait you think we're going to get the first cars in january i'm pretty sure you're going to get some leaks Oh, Chris. Wouldn't you say? Chris, you've got to, we've got to get Chris on his finger on the pulse. This is you. This is your territory. All those leaks, we want them. Yeah, man. I mean, Ferrari have already like named their date and their car. Oh, really? Reveal, which is sometime in February, I believe. But there's, yeah, there's bound to be some stuff happening in, in, in January. Formula One does not take a break. Well, Ferrari need to start early for get a head start to catch up, don't they? <laughs> ah, yeah, that. that's a stinger uh, there is your panel christian pedersen chris stevens matt trumpets and me spanners ready the best one all right let's start with the news that we need to get out of the way matt because uh it's topical some people are going to be very very happy and some people are going to be very very triggered but uh, the united kingdom i don't know how much this means to you the queen has deemed that Sir Lewis Hamilton should be a knight of the realm. Very exciting. Well, it is. 
it is about time, I guess, according to many people. According to other people, it is not about time. He should have waited. <laughs> they should have waited till he retired. I believe there was also, you know, it, it was interesting uh, on Twitter. Someone said, what's the story with Lewis and the knighthood? Why is there such a tizzy? And I had to say to them that I think Lewis over here is just like Lewis Hamilton, the celebrity driver. But over there, he seems to provoke sharper responses, shall we say. And as for the Queen, well, we just finished watching that on Netflix. So clearly, I now know everything about British royalty. <laughs> yeah. No, do you know, I've not, I've not watched The Crown. I've got absolutely no interest in that. I'm sure Chris Stevens will tell me if that is an accurate representation of the... No, you don't watch it, Chris? Now, I, do you not, not remember when we did that um, spin-off podcast show and I was supposed to talk about that show uh, on uh, on an episode and I got five episodes in and I hated it? And so you got very upset with me for not bringing much to the table. Ah, it sounds terrible, so I'm not going to watch it. But yes, the the Queen has deemed that Lewis Hamilton is worthy of a knighthood. He was mentioned in the New Year's honours list. And in Britain, the knighthoods seem to tend to go to sportsmen and to actors and actresses. And for example, Murray Walker got an... Uh, Murray Walker. What's the tennis player? Andy Murray. He, <laughs> Andy Murray. Murray Walker should get a knighthood. Andy Murray got a knighthood after winning one uh, Wimbledon game and Lewis Hamilton has waited till he's had seven world titles before getting it. So the question is, Chris, do we think that it's been overdue or like many people jumping up and down saying, oh, well, we're still racing? I have to say, it's going to be odd having Sir Lewis Hamilton competing currently in sport. That will be weird. Yeah, although I don't think they'll say it much, you know, in terms of the commentary or in interviews or anything like that, although I think that's probably a major missed opportunity. Now, I think it's it's absolutely well-deserved, maybe a little bit overdue because he was already one of Britain's most successful uh, sports people in general. And, uh, you know, him having to, to reach the heights of his sport in general for him to be acknowledged um, for this, uh, maybe it is a little bit overdue, but, you know, you can't say it's undeserved. Well, I have to say from a technical point of view, I'm just baffled as to how they're going to fit the plate armor and the lance into the cockpit with them. I mean, it doesn't look like there's a lot of extra room there. The extra weight, the ballast. <laughs> now, I have to say, I, I will have just a tiny little rant on this subject. We're going to move on from it. I mean, it's not big racing news, really. I'm sure his um, his actions, whether you agree with him or not, promoting uh, social justice, you can call him a social justice warrior if you like, but that has more likely tipped the balance in getting acknowledged in the the honours list. I believe he was already an MBE as well. Um, So he has that honour. But in all the arguments that everyone was having when the rumours first were leaked about his knighthood, there was a specific subset of people who were saying, well, actually, I think you'll find that the HMRC has certain policies and blah, 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 that people with tax affairs like Lewis Hamilton can't get a knighthood. And they were so indignant and smug. I just, I got so triggered by that argument because it was a terrible argument. So those people who added me on Twitter, emailed me to say such things, could you now get in touch and tell me which part of your statement was wrong? Is there in fact no rule that prohibits people with his kind of tax affairs getting a knighthood? Or are his tax affairs actually fine, Chris? Yeah, he's actually in the top 5,000 taxpayers in the UK. Matt? I was going to ask literally the same question. I thought I had seen somewhere someone referenced that he was in the top 5,000 taxpayers out of the entire UK. So 
rumors of his non-tax paying may be, shall we say, somewhat magnified. And uh, Christian, obviously, in Denmark, they don't do knighthoods. They simply they, they tattoo horns and onto your forehead and like set fire to your hair and just call you leader. Yeah, sounds right. Actually, we have some sort of uh, you can get like get acknowledgement from uh, from Her Majesty, um, and you get that by going to certain parties or a yearly event or whatever. But uh, we don't really have it in, to the same uh, extent as you do. And uh, I'm not really familiar with how. Ex- uh, I mean, it seems like it's really radical when you in 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 Britain when when you talk about being uh, knighted and stuff. Uh, and I find it funny that when I read British articles about this, there's all these mentions of people who's accomplished all these sorts of things and why they're getting knighted. And then you get to Lewis and then it's just a story about a tax uh, yeah. evasion, whatever. And I feel like this is how they they treat uh, Hamilton in the press, in the, in the British press uh, a lot of the time. And I think he gets, uh, he, he gets too much... Uh, for, for, for how he behaves, uh, yeah. according to from where I'm watching. Okay, so I'll, I will just say it. A lot of tax is a dog whistle. A lot of people who don't like Lewis Hamilton because he's black will use the tax as an excuse. Not saying everybody who says he doesn't pay his tax. Some people are just really genuinely concerned about the affairs of, of his tax and his jets and stuff. But a lot of the time, it's just people who hate him for other reasons using tax as a racist dog whistle. You can at me if you want, but it's it's the truth. I also think it's very important to understand how how does taxes even work when you're in a league as Hamilton. You have lawyers working on your money, and these lawyers will, of course, try to make you as much money as is possible within the law. And when you have with these amounts of money to do, then you just have to like extend the law sometimes, and then the the, the law tells you to de <laughs> reverse it or whatever. And that's how it works basically for everyone in that league. We always get comments like, oh, why do you talk about Lewis Hamilton so much? And I'm sure we're going to get him on this video as well for talking about his knighthood. And it's just, how can you not? He's rewriting the rule books, uh, the, the history books in Formula One and redefining the level of great and greatness in general. And I just find it, so what if you're a bit fed up of hearing about Lewis Hamilton? Because he's doing amazing things and I'll get called Ham Fossey for saying that. <laughs> even though it's just a fact. But I, I think we, we must acknowledge this incredible achievement of what he's done on and off the track. Uh, I think bottom line is any British driver who has multiple titles in the way Lewis Hamilton has them would eventually get knighted. And I, I think it is only right and proper. Uh, the fact is Lewis Hamilton has had to wait until he became statistically the greatest Formula One driver of all time. Uh, maybe it would have been different for someone else. We'll never know. You can never make those side-by-side comparisons. But I think even if he'd won three, maybe at the end of his career, he'd have picked up a knighthood there as well. So enough of uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton. Let's move on and let's get some more. Big Dirty News. Well, whilst I sift through the emails that will already no doubt be pouring in, Matt, uh, what we've we've got is kind of a show of two halves. During the off-season, we are going to try very hard to keep it down to an hour. And we want to start, at least get a start, on... Don't giggle! I've got got serious intentions here. Uh, We want to at least make a start on picking up 
the parts of the season review that we didn't get to. But we also want to cover some current news as well that's come through. Um, interesting, I said in our Slack group, I said, guys, and give me some topics if you want to talk about anything specific, but we're mainly going to be focusing on the top three teams. And in my head, I was totally talking about Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari. And everyone's like, oh, so you're going to be talking about McLaren again? I'm like, oh, man, what is that mental hurdle I've got that just doesn't accept that Ferrari aren't one of the big three? Well, I think it's because most people assume that situation is temporary-ish. And we'll go away, away in a year or two because, like it or not, they have been at the front for a long time. And unlike most of the other competitors, they have the resource and the institutional knowledge that even if you're a McLaren or someone, well, McLaren may be a bad example. Let's set them aside for a moment. But but outside of that, everyone else has a very, very large chasm to cross. And I think Ferrari knows the way back. It's just a question of the regulations have yeah. hampered their return. I, I think it's going to be a matter of, of if, not when. And we still, we uh, we did split our review into the rest and then we thought we'd leave the top three. But it's probably more because we've talked about Ferrari more over the season, which is why we concentrated on some of the, the other teams going backwards. So I'm not going to keep doing this, but I just want to answer one question from the previous topic in the live chat. What uh, what a load of beep. If you have something against Lewis Hamilton, it's because he's black. I do not like him because he is uh, because his, his double standard. So just to be clear, at no point did I say that if you have something against Lewis Hamilton, uh, it's because you're racist. I am saying that a lot of the flack he gets is coming from a place of hate and racism and dog whistling. Yeah, all fingers um, are not thumbs, but all thumbs are fingers, if that makes any sense. Uh, So let's start with some of the big dirty news. Matt, you want to welcome us to the future. I do indeed. Now, there's many, many things to be excited about. But the most exciting thing to me is that as of December 31st, the teams were allowed to start work on the 2022 cars, the cars that will change forever, the face of Formula One, the new aero regulations. And along with that, you notice I use the word regulations there for a handy, handy segue. We have some brand new rules uh, going into 2021 about wind tunnel usage. And I think it's important that, that everybody knows that the leader of the pack, Mercedes, will be allowed only 90% of the time uh, which of, of 80 hours and 320 runs, whereas the bottom of the pack, Williams, will be allowed 112.5% of that same runtime. So, for example, Mercedes gets 72 hours, 288 runs, and 360 hours, and Williams gets 90 hours, 360 runs, and 450 hours, respectively. That's a big difference, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Mate, that's not going to play out well. This is for 2021, right? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so gets even is, more strict than 22. So this is already for 2021. So does yeah. not Williams, do they use the Mercedes wind tunnel? Is Do they share one? Um. Do they use the one in, um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if Williams has their own or if they use somebody else's, to be honest. Okay, what I'm trying to gra- you know, get to is that a lot of the, the big teams will share those resources with, with smaller teams, right? And you can just you know imagine that, that Derek in, in the wind development area, Chris, if he knows which side his bread is buttered and he wants a job at the bigger team and say, he, say it is Williams and Mercedes sharing wind tunnel time, 
you know, they're going to go into there and they're going to go, okay, it's the end of your shift, Williams. Uh, hey, what do you think you're doing? Oh, I'm just clearing down the, the data from our wind tunnel test. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. We, we've got it. We've got you covered, Dell. We've got you covered, Derek. O- off you go. Uh, if you know what's good for you, they'll find ways around this, surely. Yeah, th- there are very stringent regulations about, you know, sharing facilities like that. And, you know, if you are doing it, who's in allowed at any one at one point and, you know, data sharing all very strictly prohibited. Um, don't quote me on this, but I'm fairly certain that Williams have their own uh, wind tunnel at Grove. But teams like Haas, for example, that do use uh, Ferrari's wind tunnel, you will get a situation like that. They actually promulgated a whole bunch of new rules about tech technical people moving back and forth between teams to prevent that sort of access. But I have a quiz for you. Ooh, go on then. I do have a quiz because we're talking about development in 21 and Mercedes being hampered. And even more so in 22, it goes to 70% and 115% at either end of the scale for 2022. Do you know when? And if you listen to the tech time I did with Summers, you will know the answer. Which to this I already. did. And I'll know. I do know. Okay, good. When it was that Mercedes last introduced uh, a visible major development in the course of the 2020 season. Oh my goodness, Christian, you know the answer. Was it Spa? Nope. What? Nope. Anybody else? All right, Spanners, tell us then. Uh, yes, Interlagos, 2018. I took a punt. Just tell us, you daft old fool. Magello. <laughs> okay. Think about it, I was like halfway through the season and they bailed to develop this year's car because they knew this resource pinch was coming. I'm, I'm fairly certain as well that was a relatively small upgrade. It was a well. front wing upgrade, and yeah. Was, isn't it more like, it wasn't really an upgrade, it was more a sort of track suit, um, not track suit as in the clothes, I mean, suiting the car to certain tracks so they took it off for some of the future races and put it back on for some of the other um, future races and I, I believe they're going to have the same sort of philosophy you know this year I mean w- there's only so much you can do with the 21 car given that we've got huge regulation changes coming in 12 months um, I was thinking about uh, how they split the resources on the wind tunnels between an A and B team so let's say Ferrari is the A team Haas is the B team so for instance if um, if Haas is buying the suspension parts of Ferrari so when Ferrari tests their suspension parts in their own wind tunnel, in their own wind tunnel time, that will give Haas an advantage. You know what I mean? So how do they, I mean, do they give something back? Uh, does the engineers uh, have to say something and not say other things? Uh, we've talked about this before, but I think it's, uh, it's, I know there's new rules and all, but it's it's not defined enough what they can share and what they cannot share. So I think maybe there's a possibility for for a more A and B team kind of structure. That and, and also, you know, Haas are, are setting up shop in Maranello effectively now. Ferrari have given them a, a dedicated space in Maranello for that team. So definitely, I know we've already talked about Haas being a, a B team and sort of that competing role with Alfa Romeo. But this is very much a, a step forward in that direction. Matt, is it okay if we kind of tangent to that? Because I, I caught glimmers of this, and this was all based around controversy of what um, what Haas might be doing re uh, their investment and funding. And it, it sort of seemed to me, Chris, like the move uh, to go and give Haas more support 
might have been coming from a place of a team that suddenly realized how dependent it was on certain types of investment and going, hmm, that kind of investment may or may not be tenable going forward. If we're going to survive, we need a different finance model. Haas needs all the help it can get. The 2020 car was already already ridiculously underdeveloped. Uh, I don't think they had any like big upgrades throughout the entire season. And 2021 is going to be largely the same story. I think they're at a big risk of finishing last in the Constructors' Championship this year. Um, but of course, you know, all the attention that isn't going into these cars now with uh, better funding uh, and help from Ferrari as well should all be going into 2022. Yeah, I mean, and I'm seeing people in the chat asking questions about this. Um, so what has happened is Ferrari's former technical director, Simone de Resta, is now in charge at Oz. Ferrari has erected a, quote, hub for Haas on their campus. But the rules of Formula One absolutely prohibit the transfer of information, especially aerodynamic information, between these two teams. So it's not as easy as is made out to be in some ways, but it is as easy, and I don't know if it was Carter or Joe or maybe Summer's talking about that these shared sponsors between teams, these third-party sponsors, can oftentimes help transfer information sort of under the table. Used to be you just hire, they'd hire some Haas technicians, and then Ferrari would send some Ferrari technicians, and they get hired back. That has been cut off by the FIA very much in the rules. So now you have to find other ways. But information can always flow between teams, even if it's not direct. So yeah, there will be some benefit but it's not a direct benefit like some people are imagining. I saw in um, Autosport today as well, Jacques Claire, Ferrari race engineer, of course, is going to be getting uh, quite a big role with Mick Schumacher uh, this year as well. Explain that. What do you mean a big role with Mick Schumacher? I I guess some sort of dedicated, you know, one-on-one engineering stuff, help him understand the more technical side of the cars, uh, stuff like that, I would imagine, anyway. Ah, that's interesting, man. Yeah, you've just re- you've just reminded me that uh, Mick Schumacher is is going to be racing on the grid next season. And uh, although I don't particularly love Legacy, Chris, like I I don't get overly excited about oh, it's some ex F one drivers' kids. You know, I, I I'm much more interested in you know the stories of like the Lewis Hamiltons and the Leclercs and uh, to some extent the Vettels as well. But there's been so much buzz around this; it's hard not to get swept up and go, all right, let's see how this goes. Well, half the grid these days are <laughs> sons of billionaires and sons of ex-Grand Prix drivers. So uh, there's there's obviously going to be a bit of hype. But, you know, you talk about Leclerc. His brother just finished second in the European Formula 3, and it's going to be making his way up to the the quote-unquote world Formula. It's not a world championship, but it's the one on the F1 bill, Formula 3 championship. Uh, so you could you could have a Leclerc Jr., in wow. there as well there you go people True. like that kind of thing do you know why because it makes it like a soap opera and it's like f1 dallas and that's why people like it and i'm not going to begrudge that chris because there's lots of different reasons to follow f1 of course there's the other schumacher david schumacher who is ralph's uh son uh mixed cousin uh, so we could have him soon he's doing another season of formula three i think there you go. Matt's chuckling away at me, sipping on a what I assume is apple juice. But there's lots of different yep. reasons to to love F1, and, and I, I love talking about this, Christian. I wonder which one you are, because I always talk about you've got the petrol heads who just want to see cars going fast, and that's why they go racing. 
people like me who are interested in the sporting side, I like this, I like to see them dueling. I like the rules. I like to see the strategy. I like it from a sporting point of view. There's um, adrenaline junkies who want to see people on the edge being dangerous. And when they when people crash and, and stuff, they're like, yeah, that's what it's all about when men were men. And there's people who like the soap opera and the drama and the glamour of the whole Formula One scene. Which one are you, Christian? I think uh, I think we all enter Formula One from from the narrative of speed and just the the basics of quickest machine, quickest man combined. What happens? But uh, when you get into Formula One, you also discover how many layers Formula One is. So if you, for instance, if you like football, you you're sort of limited to what happens on the pitch and maybe a little bit of gossip and stuff. In Formula One, you have the whole NASA side it's like building a rocket ship and then you have all the intrigue uh, the, the glamour and stuff but from my point of view the most interesting part is uh, the chess play the big chess play like Ooh. why does this happen and what is the mm. result of this so, so Bernie Egglestone was uh, was basically like the master he was the Yoda of Formula One and how he he I'm not saying he did it the right way but how he did it was very interesting to me so that's how I Uh, got interested basically mm, and chris we would never be interested in the gossip side in formula one our whatsapp chat definitely wasn't filled with rumors of certain f1 drivers partners going off with other f1 partners drivers we would never stoop to, to that kind of level oh i love all of it every single like trope you've just said of a formula one <laughs> fan i am all of them i i i, I got into it because I, i like cars and you just discover all these different aspects of it and it's just oh it's wonderful isn't it <laughs> well we do we do live f1 even though i forgot to say it at the beginning of the show because i was so excited about it being 2021 uh, matt we've totally ruined your kind of wind tunnel chat sorry about that sorry go on go and talk about cfd and points of downforce uh, in fact let's let christian get in first before you go back to your uh, i want to add just one uh, small thing because uh, i'm interested in the in in how the the scale will uh, uh, will uh, show out to i mean The time in wind tunnel, if you have 115% time in wind tunnel, that's just going to cost you more. So so basically, you're telling Mercedes to stop spending money, uh, money and Williams to spend more. And I can kind of see the effect it has is if everyone had the same amount of money, but I'm not sure it's going to have that direct of an effect. But sure. with regards to spending on wind tunnels and things like that, they will be having the same amount of money. And it's not an insane amount of money. It's an amount of money that most every team on the grid will be able to pony up uh, going forward because we do have the financial regulations for the first time constraining overall spend within certain areas. And within one of those areas, absolutely a CFD. So this is a baked in massive advantage for 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 Williams this year. It's kind of an advantage this year, but going into 2022, if you were leading the championship and they have a complicated formula to figure out who's number one, you get 70% of the time of 100% of the time. And if you're at the bottom, you get 115% of the time. That's that's a real thing. That will actually make a difference and should help okay. performance converge to a certain extent. I'm not going to say it's going to make Williams Yeah. win the championship by any stretch of the imagination please don't misunderstand but it's probably the biggest thing i've seen happen in formula one to actually bring performance together in terms of the technical and sporting regulations 
your description of the percentages there that 70% of the time it works 100 I just can't stop thinking, thinking about Sex Panther. So we're going to have to move on, Chris. But how is this not <laughs> success ballast? It, well, it just is. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, in it, it's success ballast that isn't really in your face. You know, it happens all behind the scenes. It's not the kind of thing that if you're tuning into Formula One for the first time, they're going to be talking about it for hours and hours and hours. And they're you know pointing out and then say, oh look, the Williams has passed the Ferrari because it's got uh it's 20 kilos lighter than the Ferrari, you know. Uh, and that's fine for like you know British Touring Car Championship, but I don't think it works in Formula One. Why not um, just make the most successful teams take on a billionaire paid driver? <laughs> and that'll, and then and then that that's guaranteed to cost you what two places in the championship? One place? Oh, but think about all that money you pocket in the meantime. Uh, I have just got my phone out of my pocket to give you a new way to get in touch with the show. We have a dedicated mobile number for Missed Apex Podcast. It's UK, and we tend to use the prefix 044 here. So 044 instead of zero, but the number is 07932 And that, if you want to connect to us on WhatsApp, means you can send us your opinions, you can tell us what you reckon, you can give us your hot take. I love me a hot take, I do. Or you can even leave a voice note. Um, I know I'm opening myself up to abuse here. I will be very quick to block and ban on that number, but it might be nice to get your insight. Plus, we'll be using that number in future shows to experiment with having call-ins and stuff and having a Formula One call-in show. Might be fun. Could be a complete disaster, Matt, but we'll give it a go. Uh, if you would like to support the show uh, throughout the off-season, uh, there's a few ways you can do it. We love money. Projects love money. Missed Apex uh, on Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Missed Apex. You can go to mistapexpodcast.com forward slash tip jar, and we tend to use that for equipment and asset purchases if you, if you come at us that way, unless you specifically say, this is for Matt's whiskey. 
in which case it will get transported straight to Matt and magically, that. <laughs> magically turned into whiskey. Uh, but one of the things Miss Apex does, which not a lot of outlets do, is continue producing content throughout the off-season. And I've already planned out the calendar pretty much. We've got about four shows with uh, that are pre-recorded with um, guests that, that I'm really happy about, some returning guests that I thought had been lost um, to us uh, that you'll enjoy hearing from, um, and, of course, some new guests as well. We're always working on diversifying and building up our lineup. And looking at the topics we wanted to cover throughout the season when it's been so hectic, we've just lined those up throughout the 12 weeks, and I'm already looking forward to all those shows. So if you enjoy off-season content... And you've got friends or people in your social network that are starved of some F1 podcasting during the off-season. Tell them that the Missed Apex podcast keep going throughout the winter and maybe they can come and be friends with us too. All right, Matt, where are we going next? Now, the strict time limit, we're coming up 35 minutes in, we are. 35 minutes in. And we want to get through to at least one of the top the, the quote-unquote top three team season reviews. So what's next in the news? Well, next in the news is actually part of the regulation changes. And I think, I think we will skip, we will save the biofuels for later because I think that will keep. Oh, no, so what, no. Fine, okay, fine. I, okay, fine. You want me to talk about no, 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 operation no, no, pressures too late. and you already said energy density and specificity? No, you, you already said it. Let's yeah. move, go past it. All right, fine. Well, I think I think it's probably something we could actually talk about a little bit here because it turns out that one of the biggest changes you're going to notice is that Friday free practices have gotten a haircut. Each one is down from 90 minutes to just an hour. And that represents a, a kind of a reasonable percentage cutback in the total amount of time the cars are on tracks. And I've seen some people say they think it's a good idea. Yeah. I've seen some people say they think it's a very, very bad idea. And I was just curious what you think about it. Well, I tell you what, Christian, I would rather see a shorter session than less sessions. Mm, um, it depends on what the balance is about, because is it about saving money? Is it about, uh, I mean, what's the reason behind it? Do you know that, man? Um, the FIA published it in the regulations for this year. No, I know. What's the motivation? So, well, I don't know. You, I think you could argue two motivations. One, it will, well, if you're looking at it from a positive point of view, it will be less expensive because the cars are on track for less time. Every minute the car is on track, it costs a lot of money. It will cost less resource. That's half an hour of tires it probably does not have to bring, for example. And I think uh, from a viewing point of view, there's other positive. Because there's less time, there's less data. Therefore, the cars will be on track more of the time that it is being covered. So from a TV point of view, you get yeah. more spectacle for less expense. So TV makes mm. uh, a better deal out of it too. But you could argue that uh, just just opening practice one will cost the same if it's one minute or ninety minutes more <laughs> or less. Uh, I, I would make that argument from a from a from a production point of view, from a broadcasting point of view, and even from a Formula One team point of view, because the amount of gas you or gasoline or fuel or whatever you 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 spare or tires, maybe it's. I don't know. Let's say it's two pairs per car, and maybe that is a little bit in the in the bigger, broader picture. But I mean, when you're there, just give us all the cars on the track all the time. <laughs> that is basically my point of view. Yeah, I guarantee you. Actually, putting the cars on track, the actual running 
is what one percent of a team's budget it is by far and away not the part where you're going to be saving money i would imagine it is for the give them less data to work on motivation uh and maybe to save the tires like you mentioned matt although if pirelli actually do say well that means we're going to cut your tire supply by one tire per session uh now for fp1 and fp2 uh i don't know if that's been confirmed but uh, hopefully uh, they are actually going to trim that back. Otherwise, really, what was the point of this? Some people in the chat room are saying um, maybe it's to do with F2 and F3 adding a race per weekend. It's not going to be because of that, because those races are being run on Saturday and Sunday. Not going to make any difference to the Friday schedule. Yeah, I mean, I think just from a practical point of view, what they would have done is they would sit down and say, how many minutes do we see cars on track out of 90 minutes? And they would have said, we see 65 minutes of running. So let's make practice an hour so that we don't have, you know, five minutes uh, of Crofty and Paul DeResta uh, just saying random things to keep people from being bored. So right off the bat, and the tire resource doesn't sound like a lot, but let's say it's one set per car per weekend. All right. So that's 20 sets per weekend times 23 weekends. Well, that's suddenly not an insignificant amount of, of pollution that's that's being created relative to the whole season. So, I mean, yeah, you got to get there by by t- tiny bits. You got to look in the margins for stuff like that. But I think it will be more entertaining to watch because there will be more action on track in a concentrated period of time. You're probably right about that. But you, uh, uh, I was thinking about maybe talking about if uh, one the circuits uh, adaptability of 2020 how the challenges of uh, the virus and all that just made everything impossible, but they made it all happen. And that says a lot about how F1 is controlled nowadays. And when I think about it in those terms, maybe the the cutting of the Friday practice could be also to test how people react to it. How does the circus react to us? Maybe just cutting half an hour there, half an hour there. And if they can live with that, then maybe next year it's only Saturdays, blah, blah, blah. I think they're testing out the, the whole program as a package these days and could be part of that as well yeah interesting you say about the package and that includes obviously other motorsport and i've been trying to watch more of the the f2 f3 and i was successful watching a few more f2 races this season i kind of was a little bit invested in the f2 i know chris you've always been a big fan of the junior series and stuff i i mean like when i've been trackside on a practice day and i've seen the porsche super cup a big track like silverstone yeah I could take it or leave it, but watching the the F2 and the F3 cars, very exciting in real life uh, to me as a single-seater fan. Um, But with W Series as well appearing on some of the calendars too, if the cutback in Formula 1 practice sessions means that motorsport-hungry people want to then go, oh, all right, then, well, I'm here now. I'm sat at the TV. Pre-practice 1 is finished. I I can watch a race now. That would be good because normally you only get the quali, don't you, on a Friday for those. But put the W Series races on after FP1, and I'll I'll watch that. I'll sit there. I'm sat down anyway. The problem you've then got is, well, when do they qualify? And when do they practice? Thursday. Thursday? (laughs) No, no. Friday is always, you know, your practice day for your F1 and your qualifying day for your your junior series. I know that, you know, we're talking about uh, F2 extra races and now W Series is going to be on the package as well. Of course, they're actually, all of them are at less events this year f2 and f3 they get eight weekends 
uh, W Series, I think, is also eight. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. Might be slightly more. But uh, I don't think it's going to make all that much difference to the, the whole package. Christian? What I generally uh, dislike about the practice sessions is um, it's uh, blown up to this, let's see the cars, let's watch the cars. But actually, they don't, they don't give us any insight <laughs> into anything. They don't give us any figures. They don't give no, us anything about the tires and stuff. It. Don't ruin it. I, I'm sorry I'm ruining it. But <laughs> I think it's a, a little bit a waste of time from a fan's point of view. So how about just... Uh, cutting all the practice and just give us more races and then stay at the track for two weeks and give us two races or whatever, make us see the cars in competition instead of just driving around for the fun of it. I see. I would disagree slightly because I don't like the data being presented to me straight away. I like to, you know, try all try and figure out myself what's what's going on, but then like to be surprised on a Sunday. I like watching Friday practice because it's, it's almost like listening to an F1 podcast. You know, yeah. the cars are on, it's mostly happening in the background. You're listening to the commentators chat about Formula One, talking about news and talking about the track and, you know, talking about the, the weekend coming up. I, I quite enjoy that. Well, in that case, everyone would have to just instead tune into the Missed Apex patron live stream that we did for about half the races on a Friday. And they were, they were great fun because that's exactly what we did. We sort of speculated for the first 15 minutes about what we'd seen in free practice. And then we discussed kind of the news of the day. Oh, did I inadvertently plug more things for, for it to be a patron? I should stop doing that, shouldn't I? One more. No. I've got one more. Tragic. I've got one more. It's an idea we just thought of. My friend did this brilliant online quizzy quiz thing. General knowledge, not F1. But I'm going to invite all the patrons to join us in the next week or two uh, to a patron Zoom night uh, where there will be you log in and then you answer general knowledge quiz questions whilst part of the Zoom call. Uh, the, you get a live scoreboard of who's doing the best. Uh, I will read the questions out, but it's all done on your phone uh, and we'll see who's basically who's the smartest patron that we have. That sounds fun. That's a thing I'm going to do. I noticed that means that you won't be answering questions yourself. Well, unfortunately, someone has to take on the Quizmaster role, and that someone is my <laughs> friend David, who's written all the questions, but I'm going to sit there and read them all out. But like with the F1 quizzes, me, you, and Chris are just routinely embarrassed when it comes yeah. to those quizzes, even though Catman swears. Especially Chris. Oh, here we go. Chris is going to protest. Yeah, didn't I? Haven't I won like two? No. Two missed Apex quiz thingies that, we, that we've done? Uh, hang on a minute. Let me just. Uh, oh, I accidentally I pressed the bumper, so we've got to move on. Uh, Christian, uh, let's kick off our review section of this 2020 season, and I can see my little hour plan um, is going to limit us. So what we'll do is we'll spread the review elements over the next few weeks. The news bit was interesting. I didn't mind that at all. Uh, but you've come to us with uh, a topic. You've said to us that 2020 uh, is the first year we've had actual real one-to-one insight you've called this the holy grail of f1 what do you mean i think when the when the whole corona thing happened and uh it happened so overnight in australia and everyone was kind of shocked it uh it it kind of closed all the channels we had so i mean sky didn't know what to do none of the magazines didn't know knew what to do and the journals had nowhere to go and what should they write about so Suddenly, the the guys who was broadcasting themselves, like Lando Norris and 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 the online strong personalities, would just start broadcasting themselves, and this uh, this created a whole new genre, and the sim racing genre just took off, and uh, and this was 
basically the first time any fans, I think, in the world, at least the the average fan, got an insight into an actual Formula One driver driving. Uh, maybe it was a sim racer, but still. And he's said mm. things about the track. They told us secrets about their cars. And it was just, maybe it was all just fun and games and we all got a bit too much of it uh, in the end because it was just screaming basically by teenagers. <laughs> but but it was, uh, at the same time, it was the holy grail. And I think this, sorry, you were saying something? No, I, look, I mean, it was the the peak for me was then uh, George Russell doing tractor racing. And then it was, and I think it was Albon as well. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. We may have, we may have uh, peaked at this kind of unleashed a version of the F1 drivers, but them showing their personalities. You're right, it is new in in F1. It is relatively new, but Matt, the indie drivers have been way, way better at this. Like, the only thing I really have known from that like, indie is like Hinch, Hinchcliffe, Hinchbrook, what's, I don't know, Hinchcliffe, Hinchcliffe, <laughs> Hinchbrook is a hospital near me. Um, but, um, you know, he's a funny guy, Hinch, and they, they did all these like, um, team stuff they did promos what's the one that um Juan Carlos Montoya is in what series is that but that he's um, been in of late he did Juan some Indies Pablo right? Juan Pablo what did I say Juan Carlos um, <laughs> Juan Pablo but I mean even yeah. they they were just doing loads of these like fun Ricky Taylor is it, hilarious yeah I think it was the the Legends Cup right which brought out Jensen Button Magnuson uh, Kevin's dad and all the the grand olds of both, both Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, and stuff it was just all the the generation that more or less put racing on the shelf, which woke up and just got Christmas light in their eyes. It was just amazing, basically. Chris, uh, uh, of course, there was the biggest you know i racing championship at the time, which was the Missed Apex Formula Renault Challenge, which birthed during the lockdown period. Actually, Fettel drove one of those legend races. And I mean, Fettel has never been online before. And this is the last time since then as well. But uh, I want to mention the the the, the point where uh, Simon Pagino, he took out the, he's an Indy 500 winner. He took out Lando Norris. Uh, yeah. On, I mean, I think it was the last corner at a Indy 500 sim racing game. It was just Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry, Christian, party foul. Oh, my God, I can't believe you said it. That's worse than me saying uh, Juan Carlos Montoya. You can't, it's not a game. It's a sim, Christian, it's a sim. <laughs> yeah, but still, I mean, uh, there was there was this thing with uh, the German driver, uh, Daniel Abt. He's part of the Abt family, which is quite big in motor racing in Germany. Uh, and he was doing a race and he, he he put his camera so you couldn't actually see the face of him. And he <laughs> hired an esports driver to drive his race. And he got fired from his uh, yeah. Formula E drive from Audi. And I mean, and he claimed- these things affects the real world. And I sort of like feel this year they, they mixed in a real way. Sim racing is sim racing. Real racing is real racing. They don't they don't compare in many ways, but in some ways they do actually. And you can see the Christmas light in their eyes, and you can you you get to see and hear things you you didn't get before. And I think that that has been an amazing part about twenty twenty. Uh, yeah. So Daniel Apt claimed it was a joke. Uh, I don't believe that. You'd have put some insurance in place to make sure, wouldn't you, Chris? You'd have you'd have like you'd have like written a thing or like emailed someone to say I'm going to do it, and then you could pull the email out afterwards. Uh, but he, he, but it sounded like he got caught, and then was like, "No, I was only kidding," and they didn't believe him. But but I think what what Christian is alluding to is that sim racing took on an an importance with no quote unquote real racing. I I. I don't like saying you can't compare sim racing to real racing because then there's an obligation to somehow say that 
sim racing must only be a, a complete proxy to real racing. Sim racing is a sport in in of itself, and it it had a moment to shine, and in many ways, it really it did shine. And those real world drivers that didn't give it the importance and the respect as a sport kind of got caught out because the mood was against them. They didn't read the room. If Pagano thought that he could just wreck Lando Norris and everyone would would be like, ah, it's just video games, it's just fine. I mean, it was wrong. People take sim racing seriously. Mm. We take it you know, quite seriously. We do, Although, yeah. That being said, I don't watch kind of sim races casually. If I were to watch an F1 driver playing playing any video game, it would be to kind of, I don't know, discover their personality um, a little bit more, you know, rather than, you know, oh, I'm going to watch this pro game or play this pro game in a pro Wait, I'm just not, I'm just not really into that. I think esports took a natural curve up during during lockdown, and then once racing actually resumed, naturally went kind of back down again in terms of interest. Despite F1 constantly pushing its its esports um, situation, I think you know we're, we're going to get a little bit more of that in the coming months. With you know, there's already talk of Australia being postponed or cancelled um, again with the rising COVID cases. So could be could be it's coming back again. Could be just quick clarification: the Formula One game isn't a sim. So it's not sim racing. Yeah, true. But you, F1 seems to think it is. No, you can call it an eSport at a pinch, but that is people just playing a video game. Christian? Uh, it was basically the same when we're driving tractors or, or vans or whatever, if they were driving Formula 1. They were doing it for fun's sake. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not just thinking about the sim racing or the, the eSport racing from the Formula 1 drivers in general. I'm thinking more about the, the whole circus, how it opened up and how we... Uh, I mean, Lando Norris, he got, I mean, it's been a good year for Lando Norris. Uh, and his bromance with Carlos Sainz, I mean, we owe all that to the online circus of the McLaren team. And so it also changed the the generics of, of broadcasting to your fans from the team's point of view. So if you look at how they, they communicated during a, a uh, a season where you couldn't have a race or anything, they all had to up their game. So you could really see who was prepared and who wasn't. And uh, Mercedes is probably going to have a, a rave about the Sir thing as well. The the joy of, of esports is that it, it opens up the sport to an entirely new audience. And I, I think pretty much any time I've done a, a social media post for any one of my clients concerning esports, and it will get more than average yeah. engagement on it. Yeah. You're reaching new people. Suddenly, suddenly you've got new fans, and and it's a great way to 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 bring in new people. And esports has has birthed so many uh, like great memes, like the George meme, yeah. Leclerc in a banana, Leclerc locking his girlfriend out of his apartment. <laughs> you know all these great jokes. Um, that so that just increase the fans at the fandom and expand the fan base. People get upset when we talk about esports and sim racing. All I'll say is, when you look at other sports, if you are into football, you can go and be part of a five-a-side league. You can play in the Saturday leagues at every level. You can go and have a kick around with your son. Well, like it or not, the equivalent to that of being a Formula One fan is going and turning a wheel and doing any kind of racing you can get your hands on. Go down to your local kart track. Uh, that'll be one of the first places to open up and one of the safest places to go to in COVID restrictions. You've got a helmet and you've got a gloves and you've got a, a thing. You can literally, they'll let you walk in there in your helmet and then and then jump in and go. Sim racing is as competitive and as exhilarating from a sporting point of view as karting as well. And if you can't even manage that, just pick up any racing game and just go and like try and get the racing lines even on a joy on a 
control pad, joypad, showing my age. You know, go and get that thrill of picking the correct entry speed, getting the apex, deciding risk and reward whether you should overtake someone. That is our equivalent uh, as motorsport fans of going and having a kickabout, and I encourage everyone to do it. Okay, Matt, pick a team, any team. You weren't ready for this? Ferrari, okay. So Ferrari's 2020 season, obviously kind of diabolical, but given the context of of what they had, it was interesting to see a Ferrari operating without so much of the pressure on them, you would think. You would think, given there was low expectation from the first races going forward, that maybe that would give them a bit of room to breathe, a room to kind of be themselves. Yet still, we were seeing the same old problems. We were seeing more than their fair share of botched pit stops, it seems. From a tactical point of view as well, we were seeing Sebastian Vettel making decisions from the cockpit. They just seemed to, if you were watching Ferrari, and they were fairly fairly far back, if you were watching them, it did seem like the same old Ferrari just in the midfield. And you know, even with their power issues, it still feels like they didn't maximize their season. Well, I think for them, maximizing their season would have been planning for this year to an extent and for 2022. Because at the end of the day, as you rightly point out, the deal they made with the FIA regarding their power unit um, essentially meant that they were they were going to be in the midfield this entire year uh, once once the pandemic started and we had the resource restriction put into place, which they did agree to. They, they would have been, uh, we're not even going to bother trying all that hard this season because we can't catch up because of the rules we've agreed to. And because the cars carry over to next year, we probably won't be able to do a huge amount of catching up. So we're probably really looking at 2022 to, to be back at, potentially back at the sharp end. So we should probably plan our resource usage accordingly. Now you can't design the cars, but there's a lot of other stuff that could have been worked on and probably was. Yeah, but uh, Chris, that doesn't forget the fact that you've got a four-time world champion who should be at least up with Leclerc. I refuse to believe mm. that all of a sudden Vettel is just you know that vast distance away from Leclerc. You could have done more to, to get your drivers together. You could have done more to be further up the points. It, it's, just, it's just baffling. It really feels like they had a one-car policy which must have hurt them in the championship. I haven't done the maths, but certainly the potential, you know, you want to maximise your points. I don't think they did. Even if you accept technologically you're not going to be competitive this season, surely you just you, you push all out to score as well as you can. And it, it just doesn't feel like they were in a position to do that. I mean, maybe they just kind of didn't really care where they ended up in the, in the championship. Oh, that, you know, how how can not... that be? How can that be? How can Ferrari not care where they finish how can they not care about prize money how can they not care about week-to-week results if it's not you know fighting for the championship then it's a failure already whether they finish fifth sixth tenth maybe okay tenth would be worse than worse than like you know fifth but in in amongst all that you know it maybe you know doesn't care is too strong a a um a phrase for that but they've fully gone into this knowing that they're not going to be fighting for podiums. And uh, I think, uh, well, at the time, they would have thought that was going to be one year of pain. But because the regulations have been delayed, there's now two years of pain. And let's recall that early on, the decision was made with Vettel that keeping him on was just not in the cards, given the situation they were facing. 
And so he, I think he was axed from a lot of the technical stuff very, very early on. So his ability to contribute to the team would have been limited. And what the team did for him would have been incredibly limited. It doesn't make a lot of sense to develop a car for a driver that's leaving your team at the end of the year. They would have very much been focused on Leclerc. And I think that, tragically for Ferrari fans, they did have that success with Leclerc very early on. He got the second in Austria, which is the highest place in the year. And I think it was just a little bit deceptive about where the level of the team really was. Bear in mind as well, that decision about that was made before the season even started. Had not even turned a wheel in an official practice session before he was ousted by the team. Don't you think, Chris, they um, knew about the the, the engine uh, problems for the season when they made the agreement with Vettel? Because... Mm. It makes sense if they knew they just have to disregard the year and they were thinking 21 either way. How about not just chasing the driver right now and just... Yeah, absolutely. I I think the sole uh, aim of that team was to try and, you know, fix the engine uh, at that point. And uh, yeah, like I say, you know, it was going to be a year of pain, Um, but now they have to endure it for another year. Wait a minute, the, the regulations we've got, got some back. dissent from the chat room. EJ, oh. hello chat room, by the way. Uh, you can watch us live recording. Uh, we, we used to say, Matt, we used to say, didn't we? We used to say, you're watching us recording, all right, and we're going to make mistakes, and we used to stop and start again and uh, restart the streams and everything. Now, we have kind of worked to make this a, a watchable live broadcast. Let us know, chat room, is this a broadly watchable live broadcast? Uh, but if you want to watch us do what is essentially a live taping then go along to youtube and search for mr apex podcast we've gotten slightly better at the old one takeroo haven't we matt yeah i think we're we're there or thereabouts these days it's a pretty entertaining live thing to watch whatever you care to describe it as. yeah and no one accidentally pressed the whose fault is it button so i don't know what you're talking about podcast listeners don't don't believe the youtube people's lies It'll all be nicely edited out in the uh, podcast version. Um, EJ said, um, so Leclerc isn't as good at developing a car as Vettel? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I, Chris, is anyone suggesting that? Because I, I kind of would. My instinct would say that Sebastian Vettel would, with his experience and being in different teams, he would be better, wouldn't he, at developing a car than Leclerc, who joined F1 five minutes ago? It is a very good strength of Leclerc. I, yeah, you can't deny he doesn't have the experience of Sebastian Vettel, um, but it is definitely one of his key strengths, his knowledge of the car, how to make a car quick. It's what served him very well in junior single-seaters. Um, but I would argue um, that there was no point trying to make that car work for Sebastian Vettel knowing he wasn't going to be in the team when it mattered, you know, when the car was supposed to be competitive. Right. And that just finishes the circle. Spanners is absolutely right. It, I had to pick someone to develop a car. I'd pick Hamilton, pick Vettel. I might even pick Grosjean. I'd pick someone who's been in the sport a very long time and has been doing it for years and years and years and has that reputation, even Kubica for that matter. I would pick him because they have that relationship with the engineers and they understand how the words they speak are put into action at the other end of the car. Leclerc might know what makes him fast in a car. He might be able to tell the engineers that, but he doesn't have the experience. And and with regards to Vettel, him being out of the team once the engine was done, absolutely, it's an understandable choice. 
but being cut out of it, Ferrari were ever only going to develop the team and spend the resources on Leclerc for that season because that's who they want to be fast in 21 and 22 and going forward. Case in point, Red Bull designing a car around Max Verstappen. You know, if he, he can make a car quick for himself, doesn't necessarily, it's going to make the team and both cars overall any better. Well, there we go. We've got through one of the teams that we were going to cover this week, but I guess it's kind of nice. We can cover news and the topics that our panellists bring to the show on any given week, and then we'll do pick up on our reviews over the next couple of weeks, and, and we'll try and get them done before the, the cars actually start being presented and being rolled out to us. Uh, thank you very much to our panel, Christian Pedersen. Now, you don't really do the social medias. You never really want anyone to follow you anywhere but you are Danish, so I assume you know Kevin Magnussen or his family. Um, so if you want to give him a shout out and interview him for Miss Apex, I think you should go ahead and do that. So you're asking me to call the Magnussen family to arrange an interview? I'm assuming you know them, so I, I, see, I think it's the least you could do. I actually talked to uh, Jens' father. The No, no not Jens' father. Um, Jens' manager oh. about talking to Kevin, but I haven't <laughs> heard from them. Uh, he's probably busy, but uh, I'll I'll try again. I've talked to his manager as well, and you know, it's they. Yeah, anything can happen. Blah blah, blah and then silence. Possibly. Wow! In that but case, I'll, keep I pushing. Keep pushing, and um, search for Kevin Pedersen Danish TV, and uh, we can catch up with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> could we catch up with back episodes of you on Danish morning TV? Hi guys, I hope you're doing fantastic. Win a car by calling zero zero four five two two five two six seven eight five. Why do you think I've done this? I don't know. In my head, you were a morning TV presenter, and that's what morning TV uh, presenters do. We have a thing in Denmark called Aftenshow, which is uh, 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 every weekday night at 7 p.m. So, you know, a lot of today's topics. Oh, yeah. Uh, but feel good all the way. Yeah. I did that one summer, actually. <laughs> uh, what was, was the show called? <laughs> what was the show called? Aftenshow, which is Aftenshow. basically an uh, evening show. Ah, okay. this evening. I yeah. will be doing some internet stalking. Uh, uh, I nearly said Kevin. <sighs> Christian Pedersen, thank you so much for your time. We shan't plug your social media, but we hope that you'll uh, come back and be a regular feature in 2021. You've proved a, a popular panellist, and we thank you for coming on. Anytime you need me. Chris on racing, the man that loves me so much and is influenced by me so much that you changed oh, your Twitter handle from Chris underscore racing underscore stevens underscore journo to just chris on racing and you did that because you know i don't like underscores and because i'm like a very very young handsome uncle to you a beloved one at that you changed it to make me happy uh, whatever whatever helps you sleep at night that does help me sleep at night but he is now at chris on racing a not terrible twitter handle i did that chris i did that for you sure all right anything else you want to plug <laughs> Do you want to plug anything else? Oh, you are a commentator on the Miss Apex iRacing series. Yes. So we don't have a date for the next round um, yet, but uh, you can catch up all the other races, uh, Miss Apex Motorsport on YouTube. It will be towards the end of January and it'll be Watkins Glen. And those are great. Chris, in all seriousness, is a fantastic commentator. And the more... Oh, I hate complimenting him so much. But you commentate on our karting events too, and you commentate on our sim stuff. And the more I watch sim events and the more I watch karting events, the, the more I think you're an absolutely fabulous um, commentator. You bring stuff to life. You put me into the mindset of the race and 
which battles I should be following and you make me invested in every moment. Don't let that go to your head. That made me feel sick, Matt. Uh, So I'll promote Matt instead. At MattPT55, I may not agree with you on anything. In fact, I may deliberately change my opinions to disagree with you for the sake of it because I hate you winning any argument. But you are at MattPT55 on Twitter. I am indeed. And sorry about ruining your life by winning most of our arguments, but you know. I, I don't really think I can't remember a single one you've won. But, but hey, hey, whatever. This is not the time. This is not the time. Um, top tip. If you want to get your topic discussed or your email discussed on the show, as well as emailing me, spannersready at gmail.com or mistapexpodcast at gmail.com, cc in uh, mattpt55 at gmail.com. That makes it yep. far more likely that it will get into the show notes. Christian. Um, today, earlier today, a Danish racing driver called Nikki Tim just posted a link of an onboard lab of uh, 24 hours Le Mans this year. Ooh. And I just wanted the Mr. Pixie viewers to listeners and viewers, of course, Ooh. to have a, uh, to check it out basically, because if you're into onboard stuff, this is, this is perfection. And this is an RL real life one, not a sim one. No, this is real life. Oh, okay, uh, cool. he, he drives for the Aston Martin uh, GT. Brilliant. Get a link over to Matt and we'll get those included in the show notes. Um, well, it's I'm on, in the WhatsApp already. Brilliant. Well, while I'm on show notes, um, if you're listening on podcast, if you just swipe around on your podcast app, you'll, you'll see our notes where we tell you who was on, a link to everyone's social media, how you can support the show um, and how you can buy merchandise even and now we'll put that that link from christian in as well so follow chris at chris on racing matt at matt pt 55 follow me at spanners ready and the show at missed apex f1 you can be friends with us on facebook too we've got a facebook group and find all our accounts there we'll be back next week for a live stream until then work hard be kind and have fun this was missed apex Oh no! So, no. Is it part of your New Year's resolution no. to drop the first okay. one? The first one. Okay. Uh, everyone, forget that I did the outro and tell us, uh, Matt, who won? Comment of the week. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, I'm genuinely devastated. So I'm now zero percent comment of the week. Remembering, uh, give us your candidates, and we'll let Christian uh, pick the winner. All right, so I have to give a special shout out to Stuart Neal, who had a whole bunch, but I will only pick one of them because I can see that time is off. Well, should we say the essence? We've already, we've broke it already. Meaningfully, time is of the. Go with you, you're kidding me! All right, first up, F1 Mia Ham regarding the Hamilton conversation. Nights out and away we go. Ooh, because yeah, like K Knights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Um, Stuart, man, you had so many good ones today. I will pick one though, and that is along along the Lewis Hamilton lines, all the rest of will say that getting a knighthood is really easy with these cards. <laughs> oh, it's it's on rails. These knighthoods are on rails. <laughs> Go on. And then regarding our discussion of other drivers, uh Carl Asus 44 is maybe we should ask Shetty Irvine or Shaq Villeneuve what they think, talking about the esports racing and whatnot. And finally, Darren Johnston, in what may be, may be a slight comment on your last show with Christian. Thanks for a great show, Kevin, 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 and Kevin PT55.
That can't win. That's mocking me. Curse you, Darren, and the ground you walk on your ancestors. I hope they turn and, and in shame at your disrespect. Boo, that can't win. So I think well, it might the... have to be. Oh, hang okay. on a minute. No, that's a good point. Christian decides, doesn't he? So he can yes. win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, does Crift, Crafty listen to this show? I doubt it. Although he is my neighbor. He lives like a mile down the road. He does. Yeah. Uh, because if he hears the first comment, it's going to be hell 2021. <laughs> uh, and we all know it. But uh, I actually like that best. Which one? Very well. Nights off. Nights off. Uh, that would be F1 Me A Ham with Nights Out and Away We Go. Comment of the week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.